Amen. Thank you, worship team. God bless you. We appreciate uh, <clears throat> your leadership. I want us to continue this morning in uh, God's Word. As God has, I hear this, God has promised that we will fulfill the potential that He's given us. How many of you sometimes uh, get a little concerned about yourself and your progress? God, am I growing enough? Am I really becoming what you want me to be? And the mistake we make when we say, well, I'll just try harder. I'll just do more. I'll just study more. I can remember when I was uh, in college uh, preparing for ministry and we would have speakers that would come in and say, all you need to do is pray more. How many of you will, will commit to pray an hour a day, three hours a day? Then the next speaker would say, all you need to do is read God's Word more. How many of you promise to read 10 chapters a week, 20 chapters a week? All you need to do is witness more. How many of you promise to witness to one person a day? To, and that, it was just the list was getting longer and longer. And we were overwhelmed. And I was thinking, you know what? Wouldn't it be nice if we had a speaker that would come and talk about God's grace? And about how God, in His grace, is going to finish His work in us over and beyond our efforts. How many of you have found out you're not that good at self-help? Oh my goodness. I've read a few books on self-help in my time. How about you? And I always find myself disappointed because I can't do enough. I'm not strong enough and capable enough to help myself. And that's why salvation is about salvation. We need it. We need God's love and God's gift for us in Jesus Christ who we accept by faith. And we know that His promise is sure. And we need to get off, can I just say it this way, get off the guilt, the guilt trip and the self-righteousness trip and comparing ourselves one to another trip and just embrace God and thank Him that He's sufficient to take us as we are and to do everything necessary to fulfill His purpose for us in Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what it's ultimately about. And listen, we need to get past the kind of religiosity where we think it's about what we learn in Bible school and practicing our faith and trying harder and somehow aiming at our own perfection. Guess what? Jesus said, here, Jesus said religion is a lost cause. We need a relationship with God who is able to transform us. Amen. And our verse, well, let's get back to Philippians 1. We're going to see some other verses this morning that really help us understand this. But Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Being confident of this, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And how many of you want to say amen to that? Is that our hope? That's hope for anyone who has tried hard to be like Jesus. Tried hard to be good. Tried hard to be better. You know, one of the things I so appreciate (coughs) about the ministry of Celebrate Recovery is we connect with people at the point of their brokenness, not at the point of their sufficiency. God isn't saying, okay, all of you that are good enough, come to church and serve me. No, He's saying, is anyone broken? Is anyone in need? Is anyone hopeless? God's saying, give me a chance to show you how much I love you. And guess what? It's not just people, problems with people that have obvious addictions and patterns of behavior that are destructive. But all of us must come to God that way. We don't come to Him based on our strengths. We come to Him based on our brokenness and our need for a Savior. So, this is what we realize. We realize that God is doing something very special in each of our lives. And that's our hope. We don't have a lot of confidence that we're going to be able to do all that God requires. But we have every confidence that Jesus Christ is sufficient. Absolutely. So, I want you to think about this verse and the perspective that we're given regarding our own fulfillment of God's purpose. You know what Paul is talking about here? He's saying this. He's saying, you Philippian believers, I'm grateful for you. I'm I'm praying for you. But don't forget, you're God's project. And He's going to finish the good work that He started in you. That's our hope. That's how we get past ourselves and our issues and our performance of anxiety. Am I doing well enough? Am I succeeding? Am I applying myself adequately? Paul would say, just get off that self stuff and realize you're God's project. And He's going to finish the good work that He's started. And that's why our attitude, you know, is... And sometimes people come around and they see things in our lives that they think they re- that we really don't measure up to their expectations and they would give us suggestions on how we can... Do you realize that we must not live to please other people? God has not put anyone in the position of judge over us. I remember my mother taught me when I was just a little little boy and she says, don't Seek to be a self-pleaser or a people-pleaser. Be a God-pleaser. That's good counsel, isn't it? I want to please God. Have you found out by now that you can't live up to your own expectations and you certainly can't live up to the expectations of everyone else? So give up on those expectations and embrace God's love and His provision. He thought you were worth the sacrifice of His Son. And He was right. And so if God loved you 
that much. The least you can do is accept it and walk in the light of that. Absolutely. So I'm God's project. And God's going to finish. Do you have a, a project in your life or at home that you have really wanted to follow through on and somewhat neglected? I'm sure we all, how many of you can think of at least one project like that? <clears throat> I was reminded of one of my projects when my grandson was in our backyard and he looked around by the shed and he said, what's that? And I said, oh, that's a motorcycle. And uh, I bought a motorcycle 20 years ago, a little Honda trail bike, 1974. How many of you know what that is? And it was a neat little motorcycle, and we, uh, <clears throat> you know, we, we, uh, we had fun with it for a few weeks, and then it broke down, and it's been sitting with all of our stuff. <clears throat> Took the move with us to Tulsa, moved back to Albuquerque, and it's been under these tarps because I've always said, Someday, I'm going to figure out how to fix that, that little motorcycle and get it going again for the kids. Guess what? My kids grew up and have no interest in the Honda 90. <laughs> Why does dad hang on to it? Well, guess what? When I said to my grandson, that's a motorcycle, he said, can I ride it? <laughs> and all of a sudden... This, you know, interest rekindled in grandpa's heart to get that motorcycle going. Now, I don't even expect his parents to let him ride that motorcycle. I'm going <laughs> to have to talk to them to make sure it's okay. But how is it that I can, I can drag around a little old motorcycle for 20 years like I'm going to finish it? And it says everything about how imperfect we are in our intention to finish our projects. Aren't you grateful that before God's eyes, you're not a neglected project? He hasn't put you back by the shed and covered you up with tarps, hoping that someday He's going to finish. No, every day in every way, He's totally committed to your salvation, to your wholeness, to your fulfillment, becoming like His Son, I say, oh man, that gives me hope and encouragement that if God hasn't given up on me, then how can I give up on myself? Or why should I... What, what, what should it matter if other people have lost hope for me? God Himself is committed to finishing this pro he is the master craftsman. He is relentless. How many of you have even found that God's working on you when you want a little relief, you want a little break? Isn't that the truth? You're saying, God, give me a break here. But He knows exactly what to do and when to do it and how to fulfill His purpose. Let's look at a couple of scriptures just to give us some more perspective. Luke chapter 15, if you want to turn back to that, and I'd encourage you to take the time to study this because here we see the parables of Christ that talk about how much God loves us, how much 
He values us. And what do we find here? I'm not going to read the, tr the text, but I'm going to refer to these stories, these parables, where Jesus is saying something about how much He values us. Number one. Here, Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep, where the shepherd is caring for his sheep. And as he counts them, he realizes that, that one is missing. And there's nothing that he prioritizes more than finding and recovering and saving that one sheep. And so he goes out and seeks to find that sheep and to rescue it and to save it. And guess what? I'm that sheep and you're that sheep. God loves us that much. That much. That He will do everything possible to rescue us. The parable of the lost coin. A woman is cleaning her house. And her these precious coins, the great treasure that she has. How And then she loses one of them. And she cannot wait to find that lost coin. She keeps searching and eventually she finds it. And guess what? I'm that coin. You're that coin. Aren't you glad that God loves you enough to go after you? How many of you can say that you ran a few times in your life? Avoided it. You said, God, okay, uh, God, I'll, I'll listen to you sometime. But right now I want to live my life. I want to do this. Can't you just wait? And don't you feel sorry for those people that think that they're just going to keep waiting and running their own lives and then they're hoping that on their deathbed then they'll get right with God. How many of you know that you don't know what the condition of your heart will be by the time you get to your deathbed? If you'll even want to call upon God. And that's why we need to respond today as He gives us grace to do so. But third parable, Luke 15. Jesus tells the story of the lost son. The son that had all of the favors and blessings of his father, but he wanted to go ahead and take his inheritance so he could go off and do his own thing. And he spent it all. He wasted it all. He dishonored his father. And he realized he wanted to go home. He realized that he needed his dad. And he made his way back. And it was so unexpected, especially by the older brother who didn't think dad should take him back because he had been so rebellious. But the father rushed out to meet him on the road. And he loved him. And he put his own robe on him. And he brought him in. And they had a wonderful celebration because his son was lost. And now he's... How many of you are that son? How many of you know the grace of God and accepting you when you knew you didn't deserve to be accepted? And so it goes. <clears throat> Two more verses I want to reference and write, write down these references. We don't have time to study them, but I want you to turn to J or to reference James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And that simply says, hear this, count it all joy. When you enter into trials, know this, that those trials lead the testing of your faith, which produce righteousness, which shows us that God is using the very trials of our lives to perfect us. How many of you found out that you pray more when you're in trouble than when everything's going great? 
that God accomplishes great things in your heart and life when things aren't going. Oh man, and then pretty soon you wait, you figure it out and say, wow, it's a joy to go through these trials because you know you're going to come out of the trials with something much more valuable. <clears throat> Take some time with that passage. And then Romans chapter 8. You know the verse 28 through 32 as we realize that all things work together for good to those who love. Do you believe that? That God is actually using the stuff of your life for good things to make you what He wants you to be. And so it is over and over, every cycle that you go through, every trial, every valley, every difficult place, you come out of there with greater faith and appreciation for who God is and what He's done and a greater sense of confidence. <clears throat> Praise God. He's not giving up on us. Praise God. He's sufficient. Praise God. His promise. This is going to continue until Jesus comes. And let me mention from that Philippians uh, 1, 6 verse again, that we're confident of this, that He is going to complete this, continue this, until the day of Jesus Christ. And what's, what's that day? Well, Jesus is going to come for all of us, for this whole planet, and set things right according to God's promise. How many of you actually believe in the return of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. But, hear this, He may come for you before He comes for the rest of them. Is that right? Yeah. He may come for you before He comes for the rest. And to be ready for that and know that as He comes, there will be a fulfillment of His promise to transform us into His likeness. Aren't you grateful that God is going to finish what He started in you? And so you're going to be more. You're going to be better. You're going to fulfill His purpose in such a way that it goes way beyond your expectations or anyone else's. And wow! We see that, don't we? As people becoming more and more like Jesus. And what a wonderful thing that really is. <clears throat> well, there's more I could say on this. Uh, uh, I remember a, a time in my life when I was struggling with the fact that it just seemed like I wasn't making the spiritual progress that I wanted to do, that, that I needed to make, and that other people were critical of me. And somebody handed me a button, a little button. This is when I was a teenager. And it had these letters on it. Just a little button. A little blue button with white letters. Do you remember this? P-B-P-G-I-F-W-M-Y. Please be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. And I needed that from... I needed to be patient with myself. I needed other people to be patient. And I realized, yeah, it's all about the process that God is using to complete the potential that He created in me. And I can, man, I can rest in that. I can have hope and confidence in that. Aren't you grateful? And it's true. We're all being transformed into Christ's likeness. And I've known some of you for most of my life 
as we were, you know, I was a child in this church and Ginger and I served in this church. And we were gone for 25 years. God called us back to Albuquerque and to help with this church. And some of you, uh, I've known you most of my life. And, I'm, and the testimony is so clear. This is, re- this is real. God's really doing this. We can count on Him. Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank You for this day. Lord, there's so many more things that I would like to say. But Lord, the time... <clears throat> The time is gone. And so, we, Lord, we just ask You, God, to seal in our hearts this important principle that You love us so much, that You're so committed to this process of perfecting us as we fulfill the potential You've created in us. And Lord, how we should not judge ourselves or be overly self-critical. We should not pay attention to the criticism of the others, but keep our eyes on You that your love would continue to reassure us and nurture us. We thank you for that. Lord, help us to see one another through that perspective of your love. And Lord, help us to be patient and help us, O oh God, to be supportive and help us not to be critical of each other, O oh God, and help us to realize that we're all growing in this together and we can be very, very grateful for that. Lord, seal this message in our hearts, we pray. And as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, let me just ask you to take a moment to let God speak to your heart. If there's someone here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, but you would like to, I want you to come up after the service and we're going to start some fellowship time. And that's okay, but I'm going to wait down here and there'll be a few others down here to pray with anyone who needs to accept Jesus Christ and get a new spiritual start this morning. You can be born again. You can start a new life if you just simply say yes and let Jesus show you the way as you agree with Him about your need for Him and accept Him as your Savior and Lord. If there are other needs this morning, though we're moving into a time of fellowship, we don't want to rush that We want to make sure that the altar is open for anyone who has a need this morning. If you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate to come up. Lord, we thank You for this time together and this service this morning. We ask You to dismiss our our worship time and lead us into our fellowship time. Lord, we ask You to bless this meal that we're going to share together. We thank You for the family that we can celebrate with. And Lord, we ask for Your blessing on every individual, every, every family represented here today. And Lord, we ask you to continue to bless our church family as we seek to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're not even going to have a song this morning as we make this transition. As I mentioned before, we're going to stay here and pray for anyone that has a need. We're going to be transitioning in the back and there's some help back there. Ginger will direct you and others. And listen, you're all invited to stay to eat with us even though you didn't bring anything to eat, perhaps. That's okay. Just stay as our guest and enjoy this fellowship time together.